if that's the case, if you're lucky enough to find a monkey that wants to take your job and just get their job done and not ask why, not ask questions, not have any critical thinking or ideation or what have you, just know that you're going to be missing a lot of opportunities. Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my amazing guest, Molly. Molly, thank you so much for being with us here today. Oh, Michelle, thank you for having me. Awesome. So give everybody the 5,000-foot view of who you are and what you love to do. Sure, absolutely. Um, my name is Molly McGrath. I am founder of Hiring and Empowering Solutions. I founded the company in... Um, the uh, great year of 2008, <laughs> and uh, I um, have written three Amazon bestseller books. I have a podcast. I've been dropping a podcast every Tuesday uh, for the past three years, and I've been blogging every Thursday since 2008. And by and large, I am very, very passionate about transforming the employee-employer relationship. I have two sides of my practice where I do flat fee retained search hiring with a very unique model of um, a 90-day onboarding for success program. And then I'm very, very passionate about team empowerment and empowering um, employees so they can learn what it means to step up and lead. Nice. I love that. So before we get any further, what's the name of your podcast and make sure that everybody knows what it is. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's yeah. on all the, all the channels and it's called hire and empower. Nice. Love it. And, and I'm assuming that that is for the employers that are looking to hire train and become better leaders, or is it for both? It's thank you for clarifying that question. It's for both. I okay. really, really try to um, come from both sides of the table because I've sat on both sides of the table. And in my experience, uh, both employer and employee want the same thing. Mm -hmm. The strategy for how to get there is the exact same thing. They're just have a disconnect and not speaking the same language. So I always try to, anything I put out there, I'm like, all right, employees, listen up. This is for you. Okay. Employers, this is a perspective for you. So I could get everyone on the same playing field. Awesome. Before we tell your secret of what that one thing is, because everybody's going, what, <laughs> what thing in common, but let's back up the bus a little bit. And how did you get into all of this? You know, back in 1997, when I moved from New York to Colorado, I wow. uh, was taking a year long sabbatical from my job in city government, I could take a year personal leave of absence, come back, have my job, and opened up the good old fashioned classified ads in the paper and applied for a job. And that's an industry is I by and large serve in the legal industry working with law firms. And if anybody knows anything about attorneys, they are trained in law school to be skeptics and believe nothing. So I have my work cut out for me. And <laughs> yes, um, I just really fell in love with the industry, saw a massive, massive need for the transformation of really um, shifting their mindset from employees of you should be grateful to have a job. You should show up, 
keep your mouth shut, be told what you're do, you should do and put your head down and you'll be rewarded with the paycheck. And the employees were always looking for an opportunity for growth and really just seeing the massive need, especially in that industry for transformation and education. Beautiful. So why the legal department? I mean, God knows they need your help, which is beautiful uh, and a nice fit. But what, did you have a background in that arena? Or how did you know that they in particular needed you? I knew nothing. Thankfully, <laughs> I knew nothing about law. I had never interacted with an attorney at the tender age of 27 when I uh, got my first job in the legal space. So I really knew nothing about lawyers other than they were powerful, the highest intellect, the most successful, everything we were all taught, grow up and be what? Doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> and that's all I knew. So I was very, very intimidated. Um, in my job, I started out where many, many people do start out in the professional industry as administrative assistant. And luckily, I was so very lucky uh, to be blessed with the opportunity to serve and work closely with a professional and personal development coach. Back in the 90s, people didn't hire coaches by and large, especially not attorneys. And um, I was in those rooms, in those conference rooms at all of their 90 day quarterly retreats. And I would be there to serve as an admin assistant and hear all this pain from these entrepreneurs, you know, that were attorneys and in a law firm and just hear that they'd step up to the mic. What's working? What's not working? Where are you jammed up in your business? And a hundred percent of the time, it was about the employees I mean, it might be about cash flows down, can't get this idea going or what have you. But at the end of the day, what was stopping them is the story in their head that you can't find good people, can't keep good people, and nobody cares as much as you do. So why bother? Ouch. What a sad way to run a business. So um, thank God that you're the light at the end of the tunnel here. So what was the one thing that you noticed that all employers and employees want at the end of the day? Honestly, it's not what everybody thinks. More money, more opportunity, what have you. It was to serve the clients. It was fascinating to me at the end of the day, waking up at two o'clock in the morning in the proverbial pool of sweat. It was always about dropping the ball on the clients. Did we get this to the client? Are we going to get fired by this client? Did we miss this deadline? What have you? It was amazing to me that I don't think the business owners realize how much their employees are losing sleep over the clients. And when I say they want the same thing, the path to get there is their greatest stumbling block, their roadblock, the blind spot is that they're not creating enough time to meet and commune together internally to talk about the matters, to talk about where I need help, where I need clarification, what have you, because business owners are constantly singing the song, I'm busy and important. I need to serve the clients, serve the clients, serve the clients. And the employees are saying, don't bother the employer because I know how busy they are and they're already stressed out. And the disconnect is, what do they say when you get on a plane? You have to put the oxygen mask on yourself before assisting others. And the answer is in the room. 
everybody has the answer, but they're too busy and held hostage to their email, which the definition of email that I heard years ago that I love is email is just everybody else's agenda. And, you know, so (laughs) we're just want to serve the clients, serve the clients. I got to work and so hard versus, well, you could serve the clients better if you would really embrace the having a daily huddle meeting as a team, look at sports, you know, teams, they have a locker room huddle before they go on the Super Bowl playing field. Why in business do we not give ourselves that same space and grace? Absolutely. So is it a lot of people that think we don't have time to book this off or they should know what they're doing? What is the usual excuses or downfalls that you're hearing of why people aren't or why business owners aren't having those meetings scheduled daily? Because they believe, and I get it, that every hour I'm spending away from serving a client, serving a potential new client or sales lead or marketing initiative, it's costing me money. They believe this, what I hear from business owners all the time when they call me for hiring. I need someone, but they better come batteries included because I don't have time to train them. Like, okay, great. They come with all the skill set, the knowledge, everything. You still need to spend time with them. First and foremost, especially, especially in this day and age, you are hiring human beings versus human doings. And what do human beings need? Time, attention, connection, and feedback. So whether they come with the resume of, you know, a superstar athlete and, you know, they're trained and their batteries included, you still need to spend time with them, especially if you're in the personal service industry and you're not in e-com. You're preaching to the choir. (laughs) I'm loving everything that you're saying, because I think it is immensely important that people get that information. And I also see, especially from entrepreneurs that are just learning how to onboard people and delegate to them, that they're in this state of, but it still needs to be done. It still needs to be done. Perfect. I don't have time to train you. You don't know what you're doing, Um, which kind of drives me crazy because I need to back up the bus and go, okay, you don't have systems in place then (laughs) because, you know, you can have the most brilliant person on the planet, but they're not going to know how you do your thing. They're not going to know where you filed that thing. (laughs) just not going to happen because you have your own way of doing stuff or you've ha- you've set it up in a certain way to make it happen. And even companies that are have some longevity, right? Unless they have some fantastic onboarding processes, but that's where you come in with the whole 90 day training. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I see people. Here's the deal. Okay. We hire someone. We're like, all right, they seem like a great fit for us. Resume culture, all that. We're like, whoo, all right, I got I'm got that done. In this state, we cannot be uh, that um, sloppy, if you will, to think that we're in home home clear, so to speak. After you hire someone, because it's in that 90 days that I see that people don't work. Before I used to do flat recruiting, uh, probably 10 years ago or so. When, and what would happen is I'd start to get the emails or the text messages from the uh, entrepreneur, business owner, leader, boss, C-suite that would say, do you have a quick second? Or should I be concerned about dot, dot, dot? Or I'm noticing that Susie dot, dot, dot. Or I would get the text from the new candidate that I place or the phone call. And they would say, 
Hey, do you have a minute real quick? I'm like, oh, here we go. It's just a matter of time. And nine out of 10 times, I'm like, okay, well, whoa, whoa, time out. You mean they sent you this email, uh, you know, trying to correct you, course correct, what have you. When's the last time that you actually talked? Talk to me about your weekly meetings that you're having. Oh, we haven't had those in weeks. Talk to me about your case. Re- oh, we, we got so busy. We got so busy and finished the sentence. It's always that we ditched this meeting. We stopped doing this. Anytime a business calls me, cash flows down, clients are upset, we're dropping the ball, we got too busy, we can't keep up with the workload, I'm exhausted, I'm working 90 hours a day or whatever it is. My question is always talk to me about your structure for success. Talk to me about your framework. Are you doing your weekly meetings? No, we're too busy for that. Are you doing it? It again comes back to putting that oxygen mask on yourself. You got to be able to plan your work and work your plan. And you have to give people that are there to support you the time, intention, and feedback. And usually people get hired, in my experience, when you do not have a well-crafted, intentional 90-day plan, they get hired. Think of anyone who's listening to this, think about the last person you hired, or if you're somebody who got hired for um, by a client or independent contractor or W-2 employee, listen, to, you get the job description. And then you're hired and then lo and behold, you get everything in the kitchen sink dump on your desk. And very rarely does it anchor back to the job description. But the reason that people get fired or people leave is because of the lack of the performance in the job description. And I don't think people are very intentional about the job description to say, what is a key performance indicator for every single one of these lines and which one of them have to occur in 30 days and chunk it out in 30 days and 30 days only. I always give people this question. When we are sitting here in 30 days, what are the top three things that will be occurring consistently that you have full faith and confidence that you could delegate off your place with the investment in this new employee? And you can, on a scale of one to 10, give it an eight or higher that it has relieved your stress, made you sleep better at night, increase the bottom line, whether it be money or efficiency. And I make them be very clear, concise, well communicated. And my question is that for every one of them, how would we measure that? You know, my stress goes down. Well, how do we measure that? What does that look like in actual tangibles and data and numbers and whether it be hours or file work life cycle of the file or what have you? Nice. Love that. So when when you're looking at somebody and and hiring them, are you looking more for skill and aptitude? Are you looking for personality and culture fit? What are some of the key blocks, I guess, that you have that you go, oh, this, this has to be part of the, the fit. Otherwise it's not going to fit later on. Yeah. Most people, most recruiters, employers, hiring managers, HR get seduced by the resume. And I can't tell you how many times I've written blogs and um, parts in my books about this, about, I will send, I used to send resumes when I'm hiring for a business owner and they come back and say, why are you sending me this resume? This person does not even have a skills and knowledge. Now I won't even share resumes. I say, get in a Zoom room with me. 
I'm going to present the candidate. And attorneys that I work with by and large get so furious about that because they want to see the resume. You can always train knowledge. You can always train skill set, especially in this day and age of digital and online education. You cannot teach emotional intelligence, mindset, attitude. You cannot retrain people's traumas that they have unless you have a full-time psychologist on your staff, which I would not highly recommend. That's not a good use of your money or time (laughs) or time. It's really, it's human stuff that, that, that break down the relationship between the employer and employer. And so often people will hire based on the resumes and not ask people about their mindset their perspective, how they handle, you know, the tough conversations. And really I interview from a place and give me a fact pattern, give me a scenario of how you handle this. And as much as possible, I will walk the person through their day-to-day life, the good, the bad, the ugly, and have them show me how they take that problem and turn it into a proposed solution. I would say pretty dang close to 90% of the time, my clients will hire the person that they, if I would have sent them the resume, they would have been like, no way, Jose. It is the human that comes and you, you're you just really seeing like their critical thinking and how they approach things because it's up to us as business owners, from my perspective, to provide the training and the knowledge and the skill set. If not, then we hire out and send it somewhere. And there's no shortage of that in any area of business in this day and age. So would you say that it's normal for a business owner to go, well, we don't really have a culture. We just get things done. Or I just want you to be able to think for yourself. <laughs> just yes. Really kind of, how do you yes. get that type of individual to wrap their head around the idea that maybe there's some more going on here than just get the job done? Yes. Yeah. You know, in, 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 Right now, my favorite thing is when I, as a recruiter, because it's a tough market, we all know that my number one lead in message is titled, are you happy? Are you being treated well? And are you being paid what you're worth? If not, let's have a chat. I love when people reply to me and they're like, no, I love where I work. Thank you. Anyways, I'll go and look, research that business to see where they're at. And just right from the website or from their social platforms, I could tell they have culture. I think everybody believes they have culture, um, but I do hear often, I just need someone to get their job done. And, And I will tell them, well, if that's the case, if you're lucky enough to find a monkey that wants to take your job and just get their job done and not ask why, not ask questions, not have any critical thinking or ideation or what have you, just know that you're going to be missing a lot of opportunities within your business, especially if you don't have existing systems or process. And then number two, just know that you're going to have a flop house and a revolving door and just be really clear about that's the business that you have. And I do have some clients that'll come to me and I'll say, okay, great. This is what the job ad's going to say when I post your job that, you know, we don't value our employees. If you are interested in just collecting a paycheck and staring at the clock and coming in and clocking in from nine to five and doing what you're told, this is a perfect job for you. 
<laughs> How much does that terrify you? <laughs> Who might answer that ad? <laughs> there are people that would answer sure that there ad. Are. There really are, but here's the problem. I wouldn't want them working for me though. <laughs> I know, but some people some people are really clear that's what they want. Okay. Yep. So if that's that that's the case, then you can't be upset when they don't know how to enter information into a database. You can't be upset when they let people just cancel their meetings and you lose a sale, you can't be upset when they forget to follow up with something because it's five o'clock and I was told that I'm just supposed to come here and watch the clock and clock in and clock out and do what I'm told. So I'm not going to ask, is it okay if I stay till 505 to return this phone call that could potentially be a $15,000 client? So you have to get really clear on if, and it's okay if that's a culture that you want and that you're going to paint, but just be, make certain that your expectations match what you're paying and hiring people for. Love that. So give us an example of a Cinderella story of a client that you've worked with. Hmm. Oh gosh, that's a tough one of what, where I can take of somebody coming in and and taking them from rags to to beautiful <laughs> or just being a mess to beautiful or you know didn't have a clue what they were doing to oh my god you're fabulous we're doing everything with you from now on because that was the best or you know just one of the ones that was really fun and entertaining yes you know i i, I my favorite stories are um to to paint that fairy tale picture if you will it's a hundred percent dependent on the leader, the trainer, the entrepreneur, and, and how coachable they are. So my favorite story is when I can have a candidate that'll come in, maybe they're hired as client service coordinator, receptionist, or what have you. This might be the very first employee. And those are usually my favorite. It's nervous. You're, you're losing sleep over what I'm going to pay this person. How much? $40,000 a year. And I always tell people, don't look at the annual, look at the monthly. Okay, how much is it going to cost you monthly? What's your average fee? How are you going to back into that? And how are you going to hold yourself accountable for being freed up to be able to go generate or close that additional revenue? My goal is always that the person can carry their annual salary within 90 days and, and to the penny, and I can prove it. So my favorite is when I can get proof of concept, but say, okay, great. Here are the top three things that they have to, that I would be delighted if they accomplished in 30 days, they have very clear, concise KPI attached to them. And my favorite, 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 favorite thing is when I get on that call 30 days later and the entrepreneur would be like, oh yeah, we crushed those three things. And they actually, now that they have proof of concept, and I think that's the where it boils down to, because it's a two-way street. It's, a two, it's not just the load's not on the entrepreneur because employees come with so much trauma and so much, rightfully so, we've, always, we've all been trained. You know, you're getting employed by someone who owns a business. So obviously they know what they're doing. Obviously they're very, very quote unquote successful. I'm an entrepreneur. I don't know what the hell I'm doing some days. It's, you know, I don't have all the answers. So my favorite is when an employee will come with a proposed solution. We don't have all the answers as entrepreneurs, especially when we're hiring our first or third employee, what have you. So when I come back together with these entrepreneurs, with the employee and the employer, and find out that the the um, 
the new employee is starting the conversation. Call number one, we have, they're just sitting there, they're scared. They don't even know, you know, where the scanner is yet. And they're just taking notes or a yes check with the deer in the headlights and just asking by the end of their call, I'm teaching them to take responsibility for their learning, take responsibility for their listening, to do a debrief after every conversation and interaction with their boss and their employees to clarify and verify. Because we all know there's three sides to every story, what he said, what she said, and what was intended. So you have to make certain you're responsible. So often new employees will get yes, 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 yes. Go back to their desk, have 14 pages to note, and they're confused on page number one because they didn't clarify and verify. They didn't ask questions and they didn't ask the why. Why am I doing it this way? Which causes us as the people that are given direction to be really clear on that. And sometimes we're like, I don't know. That's how we've always done. It's a great question. Dive into it and come back with suggestions if you have suggestions for improvement for how we should work on this. So my favorite is when we come back 30 days later and the employees leading the conversation, they're like, okay, great. Here were my goals. And I just want to talk about number one, this is what we did. We got into it. This didn't work. So we pivoted here. And actually now we figured out how we could streamline this system. Number two, and in fact, and we added a six, a seven, an eight, and a nine to it. And they're leading the conversation. And the entrepreneur is just sitting back there with a cup of coffee. And they're able to just be present and not responsible for weighing, carrying the entire load for training their new employees. And that's when you know you've really hired what I call an entrepreneur in the entrepreneur's world. Nice. I can only imagine how much both the employees and employers love working with you. Because when I was an employee in the whole placement agency thing, it was, hey, there's this company. Do you want the job? And it's like, what do they pay? Okay, great. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Right. And to to have like this seems like a ton of added value. It also seems like a ton of work on your part. It, it is. We have it systematized too. My recruiters are phenomenal. So in this day and age, I only do the 90 day onboarding. Um, but it is like, it's so refreshing to have when we do interviews to hear the questions that employees are answering right now, because they don't want a job hop. And that started back in 2008 when all the great layoffs were happening, 2009. And people really do not want a job hop. They want to find a place at their home and what the definition of home, definition of culture, which I think that word gets thrown around so often and everybody believes that we go to happy hour once a month and that's a definition of culture. It's not. (laughs) And so, you know, really, truly people are asking powerful, powerful, deeply curious questions, not about my job, not about the job description, not about the pay, not about the benefits. In fact, those are the questions that are asked last. The questions that are being asked are about what is the energy and the essence and the tonality of the business. And I always say this to my clients and to the employees, you are responsible for the energy you bring into the room and you are responsible for the energy you leave in the room. So often I'll be in interviews with candidate, employer, employee, 
or hiring manager, whatever definition fits for people listening. And I'll debrief with the candidate after, and it goes something like this. I can't put my finger on it, but, and it's always about the thundering silence. It is always about the toxic energy that people don't realize that they are bringing. That to me Mm -hmm. is the definition of culture. It's the way people feel when they bring, come to the room and leave the room. Yep. I would agree you all know, hard. you all know, you know, you all know when you see so-and-so coming into the meeting or we have a meeting with so-and-so, you can feel it. People are, are either excited or dreading. <laughs> and it very rarely has to do with the content or the subject matter or the agenda. Absolutely. So let's look at this from both angles. What is an entrepreneur or hiring personnel thinking or feeling at home? What kind of stumbling blocks are they having right now? And then thinking, oh my God, Molly, we need you so badly. What's going on for the the leadership that they're going through? Well, number one, they don't have time to connect with their employees. So they believe no news is good news. Or number two, they're really struggling with this whole Employees don't want to work anymore. Nobody wants to come back into the office, what have you, hybrid, remote, what have you, which those problems were there. They're just in stereo right now, now that we're all having to be very organized and shown up for our communication. The biggest problem right now is retention. It's retention. Um, None of us are safe. And I don't say that to breathe fear in the room. I actually put it as an invitation to really make certain that we are doing a well check with everybody on our team individually and collectively weekly. And honestly, that probably should have been happening all along from my perspective. But now we're just being forced to be very intentional because we keep hearing about the great resignation. We keep hearing, I mean, from my perspective, that if anyone subscribes to that, then you're being rather reckless with your job as a leader because our number one, our number one um, duty on our job description as a leader, as a C-suite, as an entrepreneur is to coach and grow our employees up. Absolutely. Love that. And so talk to me just a little bit about that whole idea or notion, the paradigm of as a, a business as a leader, my job is to empower people to take over my position, as opposed to my job is to hire somebody to get them to do my stuff. Like uh-huh. there's a huge difference there. There, there is a huge stuff. There's a huge difference. But the cool thing is that if you do it right, again, intentions are well, but it's all on delivery. People will take a bullet for you. You can absolutely get them to do your stuff and then some if you really embrace this and not resent it, that your number one job is to be a coach and to be a mentor and to invest in people. And that's what we, I'll speak for myself and when I hear all the time, we're like, I don't have time for that. Like, really, can I just hire adults and can I have adult conversations? But yes, and you. Not, the goal is that you, you do hire coachable human beings, but you also still need to continually invest in that. So I think the first thing is just to have a two millimeter mind shift, not to resent 
having to spend time with your employees. And if you can shift your mind in that, it changes everything. Number two is to have standardized time as a system for when you're going to meet. My um, entrepreneurs and leaders that I work with, they have a weekly stakeholders meeting, everybody in the business. And it's not run by you as an entrepreneur. It's ran by a team member, somebody who has the right framework, skill set, all that to run it. So you're an active participant in there. You're following an agenda, having daily huddles, treating them like military stand-up meeting. What's working? What's not working? What's your top three for today? Where are you getting jammed up? Where'd you get jammed up yesterday? Where do you need help? And really treating it like all hands on deck and then making certain that you're doing quarterly. I even moved this up to monthly where even just for 30 minutes doing employee growth plans, I do conversations and presentations all the time on why the employee review must die. And just a naming convention of that, because it feels very heavy, hard, and just breathes a tremendous amount of anxiety for both sides, the employer, the employer, especially in this market, the employer is like, oh, I feel like a prisoner. Now I have to just give out these discretionary bonuses and raise to keep people And no, that's not the essence or the premise of it. The goal is that you're having quarterly growth plans. Employee does a self-review, self-evaluation of themselves. They give you insight of what they would like to see as growth opportunities for the next 90 days. So often people do one-year plans. In my opinion, they don't work. They can have to be shorter, 90, especially in this day and age, 90 days. And you're meeting every quarter to keep the conversation and the relationship alive, because we all know so much changes in business, even quarterly. This could have been our plan for the year, do this great, you know, Facebook marketing, what have you. Well, it could have fell flat in 60 days and we need to change our tides and change our direction. Nice. Love it. So let's look at it from the employee perspective. Somebody who's listening to this and going, oh my God, Molly, you are awesome. I want you to represent me. <laughs> How did they go about doing that? Um, so I, for employees, uh, just go to my website and you can uh, send a, fill out the contact page there and send me an email and I'd be happy to get on a 30 minute discovery call to support you and give you the resources to find your voice and take responsibility for what it is that's missing for you and what you're needing and what you're wanting to be able to have a courageous conversation with your employer, supervisor, manager, leader, whatever it might be. Because it, when people call me and say, I'm quitting, I'm leaving, I always say, you know, you're either running from or running to. So if you already have up made up in your mind that you're going to leave this place because the boss won't listen to anyone, no one will give me time. My job description keeps changing. My desk is a dumping ground for all the garbage. Nobody else wants to do all the things, no raises, no bonuses, yada, yada. All right. If you're already leaving and you know that, Here's where you really test if you have what it takes to grow, to have additional opportunities, to be get what you want in this next job or this next place that you're going. Practice it now in the environment where you're already saying you're leaving and really see if it is the lack of leadership or if it is that, you know, we don't have a great culture, all these things that people tell me, because in my opinion, It's really that the employee has never really used their voice. They think they have, 
but I'd like to give them new tools that they can show up in a very unapologetic format, show up as a leader with proposed solutions versus tears and problems, and really take ownership of finding their voice and using their voice in a very impactful way to create that win-win. I love that. That is fantastic. I mean, really, what's worse they going to do? Fire you? <laughs> yeah. You were going to leave anyway. It's all good. Right. <laughs> nice. I love that. I, again, and I know our listeners are going to want more from you. So from an employer point of view, how do they start their journey with you? Yes. If you are um, looking for hiring, by all means, you can shoot us a message, go to our website, hiringandempowering.com, fill out the contact form, or of course you can go ahead and send me an email, molly at hiringandempowering.com. We do flat fee retained search. That also includes a 90-day onboarding coaching program with the employer and the employer. And it's, I'm, I'm really grateful for that flat fee retained search model, especially in this day and age where the average recruiter is charging 32% of annual salary. So I'm really, really committed to finding you the best person for fair market value, if not under fair market value, because I can sell your culture, because I can sell your coaching essence and leadership. And you don't have to pay me any more money. Like I'm invested in it for you versus um, making more money, in, especially in this market. Beautiful. That is awesome. Thank you so much for your time. You've been amazing. I have oh. to ask you though, at what point in life did you know that you're a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? <laughs> <laughs> so at what point in my life, I think I treated it as a passion project and a hobby in 2008 when I started, great, there's this need, I can help people. Let me just write a book. Let me just start this hiring process and business. And I treated it like a hobby and a passion project. And it really wasn't until the point that I started um, my podcast and I started increasing my fees and unapologetically communicating that, that I really realized. And then when I started hiring, I would say really, truly, it was when I hired my first time employee and I had somebody that I absolutely had to train up properly because otherwise I was paying them for just sitting around and I needed to walk my talk. Nice. I love that. That is awesome. So again, you've been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and being here today. Thank you for having me. What a great program. Awesome. Any last words for our peeps? You know, what I would just say is my greatest piece of advice for anyone listening, employee, employer, leader, supervisor, what have you, is just really as much as possible that you can submerse yourself and treat your learning and your education around your mindset and it, creating a culture of coaching and coachability that will definitely carry you through the long haul, um, through especially on the back end of all this uh, great resignation inspirational words. Thank you. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, if you have a topic or question you'd like me to discuss, reach out to me at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. 
Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating. I like five stars personally. And share with your friends.